Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. It's time for the Athletic Insider Report, brought to you by The Athletic, where you can find smart, in-depth St. Louis sports coverage for the diehard fan. No ads, no pop-ups, just quality journalism from an all-star team of writers. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. We are going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line where we are happy to be joined by our friend Mark Saxon. He's a senior MLB writer for The Athletic, and he's on Twitter at Mark A. Saxon. Saxy, how you doing today, my friend? Doing great, BK. I'm, I'm still getting used to the new combinations at the station, so... <laughs> How's, how's the Rivers and BK show going so far? Well, it's called Rivs and BK, so we appreciate you tuning in to know the name of our show, Saxon. Let's start with that. Um, otherwise, it's it's going really well. You know, everybody has turned on Rivers. I've become the likable <laughs> one of the two of us. Uh, we have really found our roles, and I'm the one that the audience is siding with on the majority of our arguments. So it's going really well, Mark. So I, I'll have to get Ribs' uh, opinion on it. Maybe he doesn't like it quite as much. We'll have to get into that at some point. No, you know what, Sax? It's going pretty good. We got the young lad here. We're carrying him along, trying to show him the way. And, you know, the uh, the text line might go after him from time to time, probably every segment. But still, you know what? We love him. We love him because he's, he's young and he's got lots of energy, Sax. He's just promised for this kid. I like it. I'm hearing kind of differences of opinion. There may be a little bit of a generation gap in, in, in the studio there. I'm loving it. Big a little time. bit, yeah. We've got one old guy and one younger guy in the studio. So we're Seasoned. talking with Mark Saxon Seasoned. of The Athletic here on Ribs and BK on, on 101 Saxon. ESPN. <laughs> Thank you, Saxy. Uh, Saxon, let's get you in on a conversation we actually had earlier today. I'm sure you'll agree with Rivers uh, on this one. I said earlier today, Michael Jordan is first team all petty. And I don't want that to take away from his greatness. But Michael, or excuse me, did I say Michael Jackson? Michael Jordan is first team all petty because of the way that he uses things to fuel him. What did you see when you were watching the documentary last night? Did you agree that Michael Jordan came off as petty? All right, so I have not seen seven and eight, and I'm really into it. I just got into some other stuff last night, so I haven't seen seven and eight. I know enough about MJ to have heard that a lot, and you heard similar things about Kobe. I would say this, BK, if you're trying to become the greatest of all time at something where the definition of it is to dominate other men on in a professional competition, that's not necessarily a personality you're not going to necessarily develop a personality in that case that someone you want to maybe have dinner with or have a beer with. That's going to be a petty guy who looks for every possible edge to dominate that guy. And I think that's what MJ and guys who reach that level are. And I think we just have to accept that. So, yes, 
I think there's a lot of pettiness there, but you, you kind of need those types of personalities if you're going to reach that level at that kind of job, I think. All right, Saxy, I agree with what you just said. Now, my biggest problem with it, though, is that he's using the word petty, right? And, and Michael Jordan, okay. all in the same sentence, which really just kind of pets the cat the wrong way for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, but you've covered sports for so long. You've been around all these great athletes. The greatest athletes in their sport, and in this one, the greatest of all time in basketball, the motivation, you lose motivation at times for just being the best player all the time. I think you have to find these little wars that you can even create, even if they're not true, just to keep you fueled up to remain dominant. No? Jamie, that's a really good point. And actually, you remind me of an anecdote. Adam Wainwright uh, recently in one of the before the pandemic and in a press conference situation at the winter warm-up, was talking about as he gets older in his career especially, he's always looking through the newspaper or online, whatever's being written about him, to find something that he takes as a slight. And he will maybe be a little ticked off about what was written for a while, but ultimately he knows that the writer in question wasn't really questioning you know, his ability, but he'll, he'll obsess about that little knock. And he, he says it drives him. And I think what we're talking about here is it, it may seem petty to anyone other than Jordan, but if he's using that as his, you know, his his impetus to do these amazing things, I think I think that's that's the point. It's it's he may even know deep down inside, and Adam, when he was talking about it, acknowledged that they know deep down inside it is petty, but they're just going to use it because it's a tool in their in their in their toolbox. It, it absolutely is petty, and it also is what fuels them to be some of the greats that have ever done it. So I, I think both things can be true. We're joined by Mark Sachs, and he's a senior MLB writer for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter. Find his work there at Mark A. Saxon. All right, Mark, so there's big news in baseball today. It sounds like the MLB owners are scheduled to vote on a plan that would ultimately require teams to share 48% of their revenue with the players there's still a lot more hurdles to clear, but what was your biggest takeaway from this being reported earlier today? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was meaningful news because for the first time, <clears throat> the owners are talking about, you know, revenues and showing some willingness to actually tell people what the revenues are because they've always been able to operate with closed books as opposed to other sports. So the fact that they're doing that, and I think they're talking about 48% revenue sharing with the players, which is kind of in line with the other leagues. That tells us there's some real optimism for being able to bridge this major hurdle, which is how much are the players going to have to take in terms of a pay cut? That's a tough t- thing to, to negotiate. But I, but we do have to remember there's other obstacles beyond that. And the next big one will be, of course, the protocol for how they do all this and the players signing off on that, how much quarantining is required of the players. Um, you know, Ken Rosenthal today had a great piece about what about players with pre-existing conditions? David Dahl, a real good player for the Rockies, um, had some kind of an illness that severely uh, depletes his immune system. So he's very, very at risk if he were to get something like this. That's one example of that. So there are other obstacles, ob- obstacles to overcome, of course, but the financial one is always so huge. And to, to see team, you know, teams, owners, and players kind of, Coming this this quickly, this what could be an agreement could be really uh, optimistic. I think for the game getting started.
sometime maybe in July. Yeah, Saxy, just thinking about it, and I'm trying to go through the, the process in my head of what, what happened in the NHL, and once they went to a revenue-sharing uh, philosophy or deal with the owners, the players, that is, uh, salary cap was right behind it. And I know this yeah. is kind of off-topic from the pandemic, but it's I've been trying to figure this out, too. Is this the time in baseball history where the owners say push for a salary cap or even some players, because we know that usually a salary cap entails of raising the floor of what guys can make. Is this the the opportunity for major league baseball to put in a salary cap? Well, I mean, we we've seen that the players association has, has fiercely, you know, fought against that for, for many, many years. And they haven't been able to at this point, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible that this could be a moment in time. To me, anyway, if you look at the current Players Association, I, I think they've made a lot of concessions anyway. Um, if you look at how free agency has gone in, in recent seasons, for the most part, you know, they haven't been happy with it. So I guess the owners might see this as a way to kind of push something through like that. I'd be surprised if it happened this quickly because I think all the focus is on just getting some semblance of a season for 2020. But when they do kind of revisit the um, collective bargaining agreement, um, that could come up again. And I I know it always comes up because that's what the owners really want. Um, So we'll see. Yeah, I think that's actually a good point. This could be a moment that changes a lot of things within the game. Last thing for you, Saxy, the other uh, point of contention potentially here in St. Louis among the ideas, the proposal that owners could send to the players tomorrow is that there is a DH involved with it for the universal DH. If we ultimately get that this year, Saxy, do you think it's something that stays for the foreseeable future? I I do tend to feel that way. I just think that, um, first of all, you know, I grew up here. I'm a National League guy, I think, at heart. But I covered the American League for a long time. It's really not a bad game. I mean... I'm very, like, surprisingly agnostic on it. I I think watching baseball, even in St. Louis this year, if there's a DH, fewer people at the end of the season are going to be against it than maybe start it. Having said that, I I just think that they've wanted to do it for a while now. And and as we just talked about with this revenue thing, it could be an opportunity to change the game and get both leagues on the the same rule book. So, yeah, I, I do think that could happen. Here's a funny little fun fact for you, BK. If that's the case, who was the last pitcher to get a base hit in the 2019 season? And this one could could last for a while. I'm assuming uh, you guys are not going to get this, but I'll throw it out there. Okay, go ahead. Miles Michaelis, game one of the NLDS against uh, the Atlanta Braves, had a ground rule double against Dallas Keuchel. No pitcher had a hit beyond that either in the Dodgers series or the Cardinals series the rest of the way. So he could go down as the last pitcher to get a base hit. Miles Michael is forever an answer to the trivia question <laughs> that you get wrong at your Wednesday night trivia night. He's Mark Saxon. He never gets anything wrong. He's a senior and MLB writer for The Athletic, and he's on Twitter at Mark A. Saxon. Mark, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. All right, gents. Loved it. Talk to you later. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. That's Mark Saxon joining us here on Ribs and BK. So, we're going to get to questions and answers next. 65780 is their comfort service text line for questions and answers. And coming up at noon, UFC 249 was exactly what we needed. And I'm not exactly a UFC guy. We'll get it all coming up on 101 ESPN.